You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 278 of Podcateers. In this episode, we take on that age-old question, is Tony Stark still alive? Okay, maybe it's not an age-old question, but there's a really good theory floating around that might bring Robert Downey Jr. back into future MCU films as Iron Man. And, um, yes, please? Gavin tells us how he spent last week, and it was awesome. Plus, Melissa gives us some history on Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room. Remember that if you have any thoughts on anything that we talk about, join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or on Twitter. We are Podcateers on all of those networks, or by leaving a comment on the blog post for this episode. If you're listening to this episode on YouTube, make sure that you leave a comment in the video post. And if you happen to like it, we hope that you subscribe to the channel, hit that thumbs up button, and ring that bell icon for notifications whenever new videos are posted. Did you know that we have a charity group? Well, we do. It's called Team Boat Willie, and we're currently raising money to support cancer research and treatments at City of Hope. Because if you know anyone that has dealt with cancer, you know how horrible it is. And we want to do our part to try to get rid of that disease in this world. If you want to help, you can make a donation by going to teamboatwilly.com. There you will find the Walk for Hope banner and a link to make a donation. Every donation counts, even if it's $1. If you make a donation in honor of or in memory of someone you love, we will show our support by putting their name on a sign that we will be carrying the day of City of Hope's Walk for Hope event. As of this episode, we are less than one quarter away from raising our goal of $1,000, and we can get there with your help. Again, you can make a donation by going to teamboatwilly.com. Plus, to help our efforts on October 17th and 18th, 2019, we will be holding two charity auctions on Instagram to help raise money for our cause. We have a Parks exclusive Madame Leota Funko Pop that glows in the dark, and the 50th anniversary Haunted Mansion ears signed by the father of the Doom Buggy himself, Bob Gurr. We hope you can join us. We're hoping they bring in a good amount of money because all proceeds from these auctions will be donated to fight women's cancers. Uh, also, Melissa is selling some exclusive limited edition handcrafted items. Make sure that you're following her. She is at the Odd Mouse Shop. Link will be in the blog post for the episode, pocketeers.com slash 278 if you want to go take a look at that. Uh, and we just want to say thank you to all of you in advance for your participation. Let's try to positively change the world together. Before I start this episode, I want to take a moment to thank a very special group of people called the FGP Squad, aka our podcast, Fairy Godparents, because it's their generosity through their monthly contributions via Patreon that help make these episodes of Podcateers possible. If you like the podcast, it's a great time to join. And more info on what the FGP Squad is, a link to sign up, or even to make a one-time donation can be found at podcateers.com FGP. To all of the members of the FGP squad, as always, thank you very much for your continued support. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's jump into this week's podcast. So here is episode two hundred and seventy-eight of Podcateers. So I have. 
have the greatest news of all time for all Marvel fans, but really for me. But for all Marvel should fans. I, I, I want to know, too. Should I plug my ears? No. Or go get some more coffee? No, or? man. This is great news for every Tony Stark fan ever. Yay. Okay. He was, he was in an Elton John movie or uh, video, which I liked. So Tony Stark? I Robert Downey Jr. No, Robert Downey Jr. Oh, okay. We're talking about Tony Stark. But yes, he is synonymous, I guess, now with Robert Downey Jr. So yeah. that's a thing. And that's great because, whew, okay. <clears throat> so, you know, I frequent some Reddit forums where they talk about some Marvel stuff and they talk about Disney stuff. And, you know, I, I like reading what people theorize and what they feel after watching certain movies. And uh, this last week, there was a Reddit user that posted this great theory that is kind of in line with what happens in the comic books. Tony Stark essentially creates an AI that is all Tony Stark. He basically clones his brain like a hard drive. Right. And uh-huh. when he does this, he sends a copy of that to Riri Williams, who is Ironheart. And through AI, he mentors Riri. Right. So at the end of Endgame, there was this hologram that Tony said goodbye to his family. And he's like, blah, blah. And there was a this and there was that and blah, blah, blah. And he stands up and he's addressing Pepper and Morgan and Happy. You guys, you know, you know the scene I'm talking about, right? Yeah. And so there's this moment. <laughs> Don't shake your head at me. <laughs> Don't shake your head. You got to watch the movie, man. It's, yeah, it's it a pivotal point. Sense. I mean, you, it's like you and three other people haven't seen it as of this moment. Yeah, but there's like five movies leading up to it that I haven't seen either. So Okay, you and I, making some popcorn. We're going to sit down and watch them. We're marathoning it. Okay? Buckle up, brother. I'm, We're doing this. I'm busy this. that weekend. Oh, you don't even know when it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to club you, sack you, and drag you. We're doing this. <laughs> oh, caveman style. Okay, so, again, there's that moment in Endgame where Tony is addressing everybody through a hologram, right? And Mm -hmm. he gets up, says goodbye, walks over to Morgan, looks her in the face and says, I love you 3000 before the hologram disappears. Now, hologram technology cannot in any way distinguish where people and shapes and forms are. It is a recording. It is just something that exists in Z space and Y and X space. There is no rhyme or reason as to why the hologram of Tony would direct that line to Morgan unless it is an AI of Tony. Unless Tony somehow still kind of alive through this AI, which would make sense right because that's why they <laughs> fought so hard to get spider-man back and now they got spider-man and now he can mentor spider-man or morrigan or anyone else so it gives them the opportunity to bring tony stark back not in a full role like he has been as iron man but in these little spurts of tony ai where he's mentoring the future avengers hold on i know Hold on. Hold on. The moment you just said, I I don't even know how I didn't catch this. The moment he does turn to Morgan and say that, how would you plan that out? That's what I'm saying. That's what the Reddit user says. My brain is just like, 
can't compute. The way that it was laid out was like every he would have had to have known where every single person was sitting. And unless right. somehow in his will, he said, this is where Pepper sits. This is where Happy sits. And look, Tony Stark is neurotic enough to actually make that call. Yeah. And he'd probably be like, everybody has to sit here in order for my hologram to work properly. He's just that neurotic. But but if everything is in line with the comic books we may be looking at some Tony Stark AI in future Avenger movies. I'm just saying. Yes, please. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Come on, <laughs> Gavin. This even has to excite you. Uh, at hooray. least fake it for me, bro. I mean, hooray. Yes! That's how you do it, even if you don't Honestly, care. you said like four names during that little story that I don't even know who those characters are, so... Uh, it didn't really have the impact on me that it that it did on Melissa. Ah, uh, his daughter, his wife, and his friends. I didn't even know he had a daughter and a wife. I I haven't oh, watched that's right. movies. I Jesus, guess. Jesus, I keep forgetting. I thought he was uh, like with Pepper Potts or whatever. That's his wife. Yeah. Oh, that's his wife. Yeah, he ends uh-huh. up with her. Yeah. Oh, I, spoiler! Oh, spoiler alert! I mean, I, <laughs> I'm i sorry. I'm working on the premise that the Russo brothers gave me permission to talk about the ending freely. Oh, you absolutely can because it's been more than two weeks. That's right. Plus, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm the type of person that really doesn't like to spoil movies regardless of the time frame. But the Russo brothers told me it was okay and that I should talk about it. So oh. I'm working off of that premise. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So when yeah, they were I like, you guys are Look, tight. yeah, yeah. When they were like, Hazen, it's okay. We're going to announce it yeah. to the world that the embargo is over. Go ahead. Talk about it all you want. I was all like, bro. Awesome. Oh, real quickly. Can I give a quick update? I got to see Treasure Island. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. How was I, it? Oh, my gosh. I was glued. And that's not really easy for me to sit down and ho- watch this film. Oh my gosh, I saw so many similarities for the attraction, the movie, even for Peter Pan. I I kind of saw some some similarities too. Dang. Thank you, Gavin. And thank you, Hazen, because man. Yeah, and tell me John Silver didn't remind you of Barbosa. Oh, yeah, to a T. (laughs) Oh my God, everything is just so good. And now I can't wait to show my niece and nephew and school them. (laughs) that's awesome i'm glad you finally had a chance to see it uh you want to hear something even crazier about movies sure Uh charlie and i decided well charlie really decided i i kind of protested but she talked me into it we watched the live action aladdin this weekend oh Um, i finally got around to watching it i liked it really oh my god dude okay i I liked it. I, like, I have it. my problems with it. Like, first of all, I don't think it ever needed to be made, and I don't. I probably won't ever watch it again. But I was really entertained. It was. It was fun. Awesome. So this weekend we got a couple of movies ourselves, and Aladdin was one of those films. Didn't mm-hmm. get a chance to watch Aladdin because we ended up watching Ugly Dolls instead, and oh. <laughs> which was of adorable. Course. Which was adorable, by the way. It had a really great soundtrack. Uh, they did a fantastic job with it. I love the meaning behind the film. It, If you haven't watched it, very heartwarming. I think while I was working on something, Lynette and the boys ended up watching it without me. 
But, I mean, if they did, I'm sure they won't mind watching it again. I just have to stay away from the, here's what happens next, Dad, and then this happens, <laughs> and here's what happens after, says yeah, the guy who just was... spoiled Endgame. Right. Well, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, but we all know how Aladdin ends. I mean, they, they change up the story a little bit, but, I mean, it's it's basically the same story. Cool. But basically, like... Okay, so I've been pretty critical of Disney live action studio um, in the last few years. I, I haven't been super impressed. But the one thing I'm always impressed with is that they do ridiculous set design and mm-hmm. incredible costume design. This one takes the cake. It is the best set and costume design I've seen in a Disney film maybe ever. It's so good. So it's worth it for that alone. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because this week we also posted on Instagram and on Facebook that the trailer for uh, the the Jungle, Jungle Cruise, Cruise movie is now yeah. available. What did you guys think of that, knowing how you feel, Gavin, about it? And then you, Mel, knowing <laughs> how big of a fan you are. So <laughs> I mean, I'll so- watch anything The Rock is in for sure. I'll also watch anything Emily Blunt is in. And so I'm definitely going to watch this. But it's either going to be the next Pirates of the Caribbean or the next Haunted Mansion. It's one or the other. It's not going to be middle of the road. It's going to be awesome or terrible. Uh, and you know which <laughs> film is which. Uh-huh. Uh, sorry. Sorry, Mansion fans. <laughs> no, no. We no, all I, know I, which I, one is I which. I know. I know. I got you. Uh, it's journey to the center of the earth it's jumanji it's you know i don't think it's anything new here but you know it, it could be interesting I, I think it has some comic potential for sure yeah yeah it's like it's it's a new adventure that we're gonna go on and mm-hmm. that's what i'm excited about and for them to give us a little bit more for jungle cruise i mean it's gonna give us a brand new pers- yeah. perspective on the attraction so i'm just excited i Yes, besides The Rock being in it, Emily Blunt is awesome. I think it's going to be cool. And that set design, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm most excited for when they put The Rock animatronic in the Jungle Cruise at Disneyland. I don't think that's going to happen. Stay tuned for Armchair Imagineering (laughs) next week. Yeah, I mean, who knows, right? That seems to be the oh, trend. That's I mean, true. right, right after you see the eighth wonder of the world, you see the ninth wonder of the world, the People's Champ. <laughs> I mean, they do often make a joke about the rock right after the waterfall, right? Well, there you go. It. Oh yeah. And here's the front side of rock. <laughs> they could change that up for real. They could just be like, oh, and yeah. now as we're passing behind the eighth wonder of the world water, here is the People's Champ. The Rock. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That'd be great. <laughs> you know they're going to have rock jokes in there. Of course. Wow. They, they definitely will. Ooh, that's funny. Yeah. I think the biggest parallel that I saw, especially on Twitter, was the fact that the Jungle Cruise felt a lot like Jumanji. But I, I think people are making that parallel because it it's in the jungle. Yeah. But that's not the first thing I thought. Like, I thought... It was closer to like an Indiana Jones movie, not set in the yes. desert. You know, that yeah. that's how I felt about it. I mean, if they were being replaced or they were playing some board game or something, I think I would feel more like Jumanji. But uh, because it's this adventure that they're going on, it, it for me, it kind of draws some parallels to Indiana Jones. Yeah, I can see that. You know, the 
Jungle Cruise attraction was inspired by a film from the early 1950s called The African Queen, mm-hmm. uh, starring Humphrey Bogart and Catherine Hepburn. And it's about a jungle river voyage. Uh, and I'm kind of hoping that it has, it takes cues from that because that is a amazing oh, that'd film. Be great. And so like, I'm hoping it's kind of like halfway between that and the mummy, which kind of has some similar, you know, type themes to it. Um, as far as the characters go. And I thought the mummy was a great film. So I, I, I have high hopes for it, but I also have my reservations about it. You know, I, like I said, I don't think the Disney studio has done a ton of movies in the last several years that I'm just over the moon about. So that's what makes me hesitant. But they've delivered a few times as well. So mm-hmm. maybe this will be their next big hit. Nice. I'm excited for the uh, the Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know there's going to be <laughs> Easter eggs for sure. We already heard some of the lines in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's going to be exciting. I feel like it might be a good film for us to find a Saturday or Sunday to go watch it together and just leave an open invitation for any listeners to go watch it with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't yeah. want to call it an official movie meetup, but I think we'll announce when we're going to go and whoever wants to join us can join us. And then we can hang sure. out in the parks. We can hang out after. We can have some lunch or dinner depending on how late we do it. But I think that's one of those films where I think we'd have fun talking about it after. Yeah. And then ride the Jungle Cruise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We can go ride the Jungle <laughs> Cruise together after. All right. So let's yeah. plan that. When the movie is out in theaters, we'll determine where we're going to go watch it and then we can we'll try to figure out the proximity of course and then we'll all head to the park grab some food or something and then just hang out for a few hours so all right look forward to that uh since we're talking jungle cruise can i just tell you that i'm a little upset that disney keeps releasing these tiki mugs during the week (laughs) yeah there's a new hatbox Uh. ghost tiki mug that's coming uh as you guys know i've really liked the ones that they've released in previous years and this is no exception obviously hattie's on it but more importantly because they're so limited i did want to try to get one again to try to auction off for our walk for hope efforts and so i figured look if i can get the two i keep one and then i auction one off and then great but again man tuesday 7 a.m we're trying to get ready for school trying to get ready for work that's like prime sandwich making time for lunch man well not only that we know based on my experience last year that you won't get it at seven you'll be in line for five or six hours and you'll get it at right yeah and so that's the worst part right that i can't even plan on So the bad thing is that a lot of people in my department are out this week because they're out at a conference in New Orleans, which means that there's not a lot of coverage. So I got a lot of work this week at work. And so I can't just take a day off or I can't just take a few hours off coming late because then work's going to get super backed up on Tuesday. So now I'm like stressing out trying to figure out if somebody's gonna be there to get these tiki mugs for me but that's the other thing they have to give up half of their day at least because they have to get there early enough to go stand in line and try to get the wristband and it's yeah after your story from last year ah i i wish there was a way to just mobile order and have it sent to me or something 
or buy it off of Shop Disney or, you know, yeah. online. Yeah, that would well, be fantastic. They, did they ever release a second edition of those ones that came out last year that you could just buy later on? Mm-mm. No. Because remember how on the bottom it said, like, first edition yep. or something like that? Mm-mm. They never did? Hmm. I think the they did a first edition Disneyland, first edition Walt Disney World, and then... Maybe this year's is now considered second edition. I don't know. Oh, because it's a different design? Uh, I think it's fairly similar to last year's design. Because if you remember oh, last year, uh, the Disney World and the Disneyland versions, the only difference was that the yeah, face of the, the hat box. Yeah, it was the face. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, if if that's the case, maybe this one is considered the second edition. Okay. But, oh, man. Yeah, the, it's frustrating that they release them during the week. So if anybody listening... If you get a couple, I know that this is going to be released after the fact, but if you're willing to give one up, I'm willing to purchase it so that we can auction it off for charity. I would love to have it. I think it's a great collectible. Last year, it was one of the collectibles that got us the most money. This year, we're really looking forward to having those Bob Gurr signed Haunted Mansion ears, you know, try to bring us in uh, a significant amount to, to donate to charity. And, of course, we have the Madame Leota Funko that was exclusive to the parks. All of that is on our Instagram account. The auctions will be happening on the Podcateers Instagram, not on the Team Boat Willie one, primarily because since we just started the Team Boat Willie Instagram, there's not a lot of followers there's not a lot of exposure so we want to use the maximum potential of followers that we have to try to bring in as much money as possible because uh, I know that you guys have helped us out uh, in retweeting it and reposting it and putting it in your stories and we're really really thankful that you've helped us do that so now we're trying to make sure that we can reach that thousand dollar goal as of the recording of this episode we are at seven hundred and fifty five dollars out of the thousand that we want to raise for walk for hope we're less than a quarter away at this point and i'm so so thankful and happy that we've had so many people step up mel i think you and one of our other team members lisa one of my co-workers from work she received a really generous donation and it really kind of kicked us into high gear. So to everybody that's helped us pass that word along, thank you so much. There's still time to donate. Again, every dollar counts. We're going to be raising money up until maybe the second week of November. And remember that $1 challenge is still out there. All you need to do is donate $1 and then ask somebody to do the same. Because if we had 1,000 people donate just $1, we would have reached our goal already. But if we can raise more than 1,000, that's great. So remember, there is a a donation link. Just go to the Podcateers Instagram. Go to the Team Boat Willie Instagram. The link is in the bio. They both lead you to the same one. I put my personal link in my Instagram bio. Mel, do you have yours Mm -hmm. on your Instagram bio? No, I don't. I've been pushing it more on uh, Facebook. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Through October 31st, we will donate $3 for every item uh, that has the Team Boat Willie logo on it. So that is also available. Um, Yeah, we're so excited. It's a wonderful cause, and it's really heartwarming walking through the course where the hospital is over at City of Hope when you're doing the Walk for Hope and just connecting with patients and survivors and all these people that have beat cancer. You know, that's what it's about. And so I'm I'm very, very much on the boat of of helping as much as many people as possible. This just happens to be the next charity. I started using the hashtag 
uh, believe, fight, survive. You know, because I think when it comes to cancer, those are three very important things that uh, everybody yeah. that's gone through it or everybody going through it just, uh, you know, it, it's reassurance that there are people out there fighting with them. That's what yep. we're trying. We want to make sure that as many people survive because just cancer sucks. It just shouldn't exist. And it does. So screw it. We're going to do right. what we can to help get rid of it. So teamboatwilly.com if you guys want more information on that. And if you guys have any questions, feel free to hit us up on social media. We'll be happy to answer any questions that you have. Gavin. Yes, sir. I wanted to talk to you about uh, your experience last week because when you told us why you weren't going to be able to record with us, I thought it was absolutely adorable. Would you yeah. mind sharing that with, with our listeners? Totally. Yeah, so it was awesome. Um, you know, growing up uh, in Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, we got to come out to Disneyland several times during my upbringing. Um, and it was all because of my mother who wanted to go to Disneyland, who wanted to share Disneyland with the family and kind of gave me my first love of the parks. And ever since my family moved away from Utah in 1996 or 97, uh, they have not returned to the park. So my mother came out to visit us here in California, and I got the chance to take her back to Disneyland and show her the magic for the first time in 23 years. That Aww. is awesome. <laughs> It was cool because she got to see all of the changes um, and she got to re-experience, you know, the magic that she remembered. Um, and it was awesome. Uh, you know, she um, was never into the thrill rides, you know, so she didn't, you know, necessarily want to experience Guardians of the Galaxy or, you know, the Incredicoaster. But other than that, uh, you know, we got to really pretty much do everything and, you know, some rides that I was surprised that she really got into were like Indiana Jones. Like she what? had just a wow. blast on that ride. Wow. Uh, the, the one that I really, 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 really wanted her to love, of course, was Radiator Springs Racers. I wasn't sure how she would handle the race portion. Um, <laughs> The first time we rode it, she had her eyes shut the entire Aww. race portion of the attraction. Uh, <laughs> and she was screaming the whole way. So I didn't know if it was terror or fun. Uh, as it turns out, it was mostly fun. And we did ride it again. And she opened her eyes the whole time. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, but yeah, it was just really neat to be able to, you know, because when, when my parents took us to the parks when we were kids... You know, they just took care of everything. You know, it always felt like everything was well planned. They knew their way around, or at least it seemed like they did when we were kids. So it was cool to be able to be the expert this time and just, you know, refamiliarize her with the park and show her a whole other park, which she'd never even dreamed of back in the days that we were going in California Adventure. Uh, so it was just really cool to be able to kind of you know, pay her back in magic, so to speak. And, yeah. uh, we had a really, really good weekend at the park. And it was funny because, um, near the end of, we only were able to go two days, but near the end of the second day, 
you know, I kept saying, you know, we haven't done the tiki room yet. We really should do the tiki room. And she's like, okay, well, if we get time, we'll do the tiki room. She's like, I, you know, I don't remember really liking it that much. And so we finally had our moment and I was like, okay, let's go do the tiki room. And she's like, all right. And we get in that pre-show area and I was like, okay, here they do the pre-show. You know, all these little tiki gods will tell us their story. When this starts, we know that we're getting close to the show and it kind of sets the mood for you. And she's like, I don't remember this part. And I was like, well, let it start. You might remember it. She's like, yeah, I don't remember this at all. And so it plays and she didn't remember it. And so then the doors open and we go in and we got Maynard, by the way. Oh, and, yes. Uh, I was yes. going to oh, ask you perfect. who you got. I'm so That's glad awesome. we got Maynard, right? <laughs> uh, and we go in and we get our seats. I, I picked my favorite seat in the whole house. And she's like, I thought this was open air. Like it was all open. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, I don't remember there being a roof and like walls. And I was like, I don't <laughs> think you're thinking of what this is. And Maynard does his spiel. The show starts like five seconds in. She's like, I've never seen this before. <gasps> as it turns out, as it turns out, back in like 1990, we had gone to Universal and they have that amphitheater where they did this like bird show, this like oh, live yes. bird, like actual birds, right? That's what she thought it was. <laughs> oh, so she had wow. never in her life seen the Tiki Room and she adored it. She like she really loved it and it made me so happy. She was tickled by everything about it. The flat when the flowers started, like she laughed out loud. Like she was having a ball. It was awesome. How adorable. So yeah, for me it was like, oh, this is the perfect like piece of this story to tell as we go into this episode because you know we're going to hear more magic about the tiki room but that was kind of how our trip ended and i was i was just so thrilled with it uh you know we had a great time she got to see some of the halloween stuff which i'd always waxed poetic about um (laughs) and i told her next time she comes it's got to be during christmas because christmas is awesome too (gasps) and i might have to join you during that times because yeah that's (laughs) that's fine that's my favorite time yeah, it's the best. So it was great. Yeah, we had a good time. And uh, yeah, I wanted to just stay at the park the whole time she was here. But That's we couldn't awesome. quite do that. So, I mean, she had never seen California Adventure, obviously. She, right? Did you guys go to Galaxy's Edge? That was my next question. You know, we didn't even go back there. Okay. Um, oh, wow. My mother uh, saw A New Hope in theaters in 1977. And that was the last Star Wars thing she ever watched. Okay. So Uh. it's not really her bag. Um, She uh, experiences vertigo and pretty bad motion sickness. So she can't do simulators or 3D. So I couldn't have gotten her on that attraction. Um, Yeah. So I, I don't think we really necessarily felt the need to take the time to walk over there. Um, You know, I mean, I, I I showed her the real masterpiece, which was Cars Land. I mean, how can you compare? Right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we we spent a lot of time in the places that she remembered and loved, and you know, we filled up two days. So that's cool. Wow. Yeah. How did uh, I don't know if she mentioned it at all, but how did she feel about how vastly empty Tomorrowland may have felt as far as attractions and? some of the changes from the last time that she that she had come to the park itself 
You know, I don't know if she really had a sense of that uh, from this visit. Uh, we only went into Tomorrowland for one attraction, and that was the submarine attraction. Because uh, she had obviously never seen the Finding Nemo version, uh, which she really liked. Um, Tomorrowland was never a big land for us, even when we were kids. Um, it took me a long time to, you know, get the courage up to ride Space Mountain and even Star Tours. As a kid, I, I wouldn't go on either of those, you know. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we didn't really go to Tomorrowland much so it wasn't as big of a part of our experience and I don't think she's got a strong memory of what that was gotcha gotcha oh man what a what a great time it sounded like you had it was cool yeah we like I I think I mentioned it before growing up we didn't really have that many uh, of those experiences I think I remember going once or twice as a child because we had family coming over from out of state and they just Mm -hmm. happened to pay for our tickets uh, so I don't have a lot of memories of the parks themselves as a child. Obviously, I, we did have Disney stuff around the house. You know, we had toys. We had a lot of the records and a lot of the mm-hmm. 45s that we used to play and we used to sing to all the time. Uh, my cousin and I used to used to have a big collection. My cousin Tiffany. So shout out, Tiffany. And I, honestly, I don't even remember what happened to a lot of those. I wish I knew mm-hmm. because it would be really great to go back and listen to a lot of them. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it's fantastic that you had a chance to spend the weekend yeah. with your mom, especially yeah. taking her to the to Disneyland for the first time in so long. Yeah. The, uh, of course, the other thing that she got to see for the first time was the holiday makeover of the mansion. So how did she feel she about was, that? She was really impressed by that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, mom. (laughs) Well, the next time she comes, it'll obviously be for Christmas. Then after that, she's got to come when Avengers Campus opens. And then I'll be like, leave Gavin there, Mama Otteson. Let me walk you through. Nice. We'll uh, we'll try and get her out here more often. Nice. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's about time to jump into Melissa's presentation. Before we do that, I do want to remind you that this episode of Podcateers is brought to you by a fantastic group of people that we like to call the FGP Squad. We actually started calling them our podcast fairy godparents, but they very lovingly called themselves the FGP Squad because, you know, hashtag they cool like that. They're awesome. If you want a little bit more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad, head over to podcateers.com slash FGP. There you will find a list of all of our podcast fairy godparents along with a link to sign up through Patreon for a one-time or monthly contribution. You can sign up for as little or as much as you want, but if you drop at least that five bucks monthly, you do get the exclusive Podcateers fairy godparent button. We're trying to do some different things for the FGP squad right now, trying to do some live streams, trying to do some giveaways. Uh, so yeah, more information, podcasters.com slash FGP. If you want to ask us some questions, please feel free to do so. We'd be happy to answer anything that we can. And to all of the members of the FGP squad, we just want to send a huge thank you for your continued support. Okay. It's time to hear the story where the birds sing words and the flowers croon in the tiki 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 <laughs> room. We ready, Mel? Good. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's do this. Well, there's one way to start this week's topic, and that's with aloha. Aloha. <laughs> 
I was like, how do we start this? That's it. That would be it. The Enchanted Tiki Room personally has a special place in my heart. With its island sounds, the sights, the atmosphere, and of course, its really unique pre-show in this classic that Gavin just spoke about. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> when it came to this attraction, it was actually meant to be a restaurant and a show with tables. Today, we have cushioned seating that can sometimes be so relaxing that you get so comfortable and you might want to knock out. So if you do, I don't blame you. It's because mm -hmm. it's comfortable. Guilty. <laughs> so uh, we get to hear a little bit more about this attraction in episode 277 when Hazen spoke to us about Adventureland, as well as episode 259 when I spoke about the Tahitian Terrace. We're going to go ahead and take a fun tour of Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room and the outdoors of what we know as the Tropical Hideaway. So it's time to sit back. Pretend we have a Dole Whip in hand as we talk about this week's topic. When the Enchanted Tiki Room opened in 1963, you actually got to see a glimpse of Disneyland's first audio animatronic. And it wasn't Jose, Michael, Fritz, or Pierre. It was Jose's cousin, Juan, a.k.a. Barker Bird. Fun little fact, Juan, Barker Bird, or Jose are both voiced by Wally Bogue who headlined the Golden Horseshoe Review right next door in Frontierland. So if you've ever wondered what Barker Bird would ever sound like, just listen to his famous cousin. Barker Bird was actually on top of the Adventureland sign when the attraction first opened to help drive uh, guests to the attraction. But that was changed due to the traffic jam that it caused right in the middle of the entrance to Adventureland. Something we would never see today because we need all the space that we, we could use in the resort. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I didn't think that there would be such a, an issue that, like that in 1963. Because you see pictures of, you know, open space. I'm like, wow, I've never have, I wouldn't have thought of that. So yeah. crazy. Plus, I think you kind of learn as time goes on what to look out for, right? As park attendants yeah. grew obviously you you cater to that so but yeah right it's funny to know that that's where it was before right i mean can you just imagine everyone just standing in front just looking up and that's it <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're trying to get you into the attraction not here Señorita, <laughs> you should come in and watch the birdie sing <laughs> that was good <laughs> so let's go ahead and walk to the entrance and there we will see the enchanted tiki garden where we're greeted by a sign that reads where fantasy and legend walk hand in hand with Tiki Talk. In this tropical paradise, legendary gods and goddesses of the islands guard the portals to Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room. This is where we're going to meet the eight Tiki Gods. Before the start of every show, we're greeted with drums and a horn that grabs our attention in the direction of each Tiki God and Goddess. So let's imagine we're hearing the, the drums. We're now directed. <laughs> we're now directed towards the far back, to the left, and we meet the first tiki god, which is Maui. With the sound of a ticking clock, he tells us how he wrote the playful sun and gave us time. Yes, he is the same Maui in the film Moana. And with that fun fact, you're welcome. <laughs> well done. 
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we are now directed towards the front again of the garden to Koro. With the subtle drum playing in the background, we're learning about the midnight dancer who has magical feet. When the drum begins to pound, his head gets full with big sound. There goes the drums, but this time we're headed towards the stairs to the right and we meet Rongo, the god of agriculture and number one kite flyer as we see his kite fly above him. You just gotta look up and there it is. Then we are turning 90 degrees to your right and we are gonna see my favorite tiki goddess, Pele, the goddess of fire and volcano. Boy, does she have a temper, but she is voiced by none other than my favorite voice actress, Eleanor Audley, a.k.a. Maleficent, and Leota, and Lady Tremaine. Gosh, what an awesome voice. And fire. Mm-hmm. Ugh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> right next to Pele is poor Nagendi, who's just trying to hold on to the foundation, trembling as it goes on. He's just trying to balance the earth. Poor guy. As the mood shifts to a much calmer feel, we take a step to the right and meet Tangaroa Ru, the goddess of east wind. We see wings above her turn and the winds howl, but with the sweet sound of the wind chimes. Immediately left to her is Hina, the goddess of rain. She and Tangaroa Ru often travel together as wind and rain. Something we could definitely use today. A little less Tangaroa Roo and a little more Hina, please. Now <laughs> for the father of all the Tiki gods, Tangaroa. He gives life to all the Tiki gods. And with the amazing sound of the gong, we happen to see new life fall from his limbs. And must I say, I want plush of these little baby Tiki gods because they're so cute. It's like, why don't we have this Disney? <laughs> it would be cool. Right? I'm like, you know what? No, I'm going to stop because that's... Mm. They'll steal it. Yep. <laughs> Where's I'll my I'll wait for money? next episode. <laughs> <laughs> now, we're in the garden, but here's the good stuff. Dolips. Oh, yeah. That's right. right? <laughs> While waiting in the enchanted garden, guests were able to purchase a dolip, dolip float, or a pineapple spear from the Tiki Juice Bar. While waiting in line, you would watch a video presented by Dole that would show history on the pineapples, or as they call the king fruit. If you wanted to order a Dole Whip from the outside queue, you could. Sometimes the line inside the Enchanted Garden was shorter than the outside line. Flash forward to today, where you can now mobile order a Dole Whip, and the world rejoiced when that day came, and best believe I've been using it since. Uh-huh. <laughs> Plus, now, you can get the ones in the Tropical Hideaway, too. Yes, true. Oh, and we're yeah. going to get there. One. Yeah. Ooh, swirl, yeah. baby. <laughs> <laughs> now, a little side note. If you're ever visiting Hawaii or specifically Alani, do take the extra 30, 35 minutes to drive to the Dole Plantation. It's an amazing experience, and it's a full circle moment when you get to see the island, the area where everything begins for Dole Whip, all things Dole Whip, practically. It's definitely something you got to experience, and you got to have a Dole Whip there. So if anyone's listening and you're going over there, take that time and do it. 
I recommend it. Okay, we're going to go back to Disneyland. I honestly thought that Dole was the sole uh, sponsor. And no, that isn't the case. When the attraction opened, it was actually United Airlines for a few years. And I'm like, oh, I learned something new, even while researching <laughs> for this. United Airlines, but flying you to the island since 1960-something. <laughs> 63-something. <laughs> it's okay. Who, who's counting? No one's counting. Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> so, I can't forget to mention the most hidden features that I personally didn't know about until a few years ago. Shame on me. I didn't notice. And... We're talking about the Enchanted Tiki restrooms. And huh. the best way to describe this location is actually by quoting Genie. Itty bitty living space. Really <laughs> little. But it's there. You might as well just go to the Adventureland bathrooms. <laughs> All right. So let's go back to the garden. And after Tangaroa, you know, shows the new life falling from his limbs, the doors open. And we're finding ourselves inside a place with so many birds and flowers. It can be a little overwhelming at first. After taking it all in, you know, have you ever thought about counting what's in there? And if you haven't, it's all good because I got your numbers. <laughs> I got you. Nice. <laughs> I like stats. I was going to say, Gavin just started drooling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love stats. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So from the top, we have 54 singing orchids. 24 singing masks, 20 assorted tropical birds, 12 tiki drummers, 12 toucans, 9 fork tails, 8 macaws, 7 birds of paradise, 6 cockatoos, 4 totem poles, and a partridge in a pear tree. One <laughs> of these is not like the others. Ah, that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this show is a little over 15 minutes, and it starts with a little spiel from a cast member. If you ever find yourself with Maynard being that cast member and Gavin, you are lucky. Yep. Yeah. So if you're in that situation, you are lucky. He becomes the show. And personally, I love seeing him recite the spiel because he just adds a little bit more into it. Yeah. So generally after the spiel is spoken... Um, the cast member tells the crowd that we must work together to get the show started. And as it appears, everyone is asleep. You know, the birds, not the people. So together, we loudly say the magic words. Wake up, Jose. And Jose wakes up from a siesta. And then we're introduced to Fritz, Michael, and Pierre. And they acknowledge us people uh, sitting below them. And together... With a loud whistle, they wake up the glee club, and it's a party. All the birds are singing the words to the beloved tune of the Tiki 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 Room by the Sherman Brothers. During this part, there's a slight little break where the macaws are cluck they're clucking with insults to each other like a bunch of old hens. We get to hear about the different birds in the Tiki Room during this time. The mood suddenly settles after the applause and we have a fountain of water just rise up and coming down below are these beautiful showbirds, Colette, Suzette, Mimi, Gigi, Fifi, and Josephine. Somehow one is missing. Thus, the question, I wonder what happened to Rosita? After the introduction, the birds warble like nightingales 
and we are encouraged to sing like the birdies sing. Tweet, 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 <laughs> tweet, tweet. <laughs> Thank you. In between all of that, by chance, did you happen to hear a little nod to crooners? And we're talking Crosby and Armstrong. It's really cool. If you don't catch it, it's okay. It took me a few times to kind of get in. It's like, oh, so next time, just check it out. Suddenly, we're finding ourselves whistling like the birdies, and it's fast-paced. So much fun. And just like that, the birds are going back up while the audience is applauding once again. Now, here's my favorite part. The musical luau with the Hawaiian war chant. And this is the one song that is not by Disney, but I could listen to this, so many covers of it. It's so good, it's classic. We start with the music from the islands with the orchids singing. And at this point, I just wanna sway side to side. Anybody else do this? I mean, I find myself doing this. I do. It's just so relaxing. (laughs) Joining the orchids are the birds of paradise. As they chime in and sing along to the music, we get the drums with the tiki drummers and the totem poles with their wonky eyes, which I love that they're not perfect. That's perfect. The totem poles start their chant with the beat of the drums. It's so mesmerizing by this time that I'm bobbing along with the beat as it goes further on. Now we're slowly hearing the birds come together with the melody of the drums, the totem poles, and the beat gradually increasing with the speed. And while building that intense crescendo and suddenly Boom, lightning strike, and we have rain and the birds are scared. Someone has left the shower running and we've angered the gods with all the celebrating. As things settle, the show ends with the cute little encore that highlights every bird, flower, drummer, and the totem poles. We give them all a standing ovation. These birds, you know, they tend to show us one little thing, a magic trick, and we disappear. We exit to a familiar tune of hi-ho, but through the tiki room, you know, style. Now we are outside. And if we turn to our left, we are now in the tropical hideaway. There is an open seating with the view of the Jungle Cruise where we can see the boats go by and have some of the most delicious tropical food, such as bao and lupia. There are even variations of dough whip from swirls to the loaded whips. And if you thought that was awesome, look in the back and behold, Rosita is there in plain sight. She's on her perch and you know, she's really pretty. She's got her pink little hibiscus flower and she's telling us some uh, punny jokes that gives nods to the other locations in Adventureland. There actually are a few nods to the Adventureland Bazaar. which is really cool. And they come in the form of Rosita's jokes, um, the magic carpet that's kind of tucked away to your left, and even the lighting that you see on top, it just takes you to that location, which is really, really awesome. I wanna say the Tropical Hideaway is possibly my favorite upgrade to Adventureland. I mean, of course, until next week's episode, but until then, (laughs) it's all good. And that will conclude our topic. And now I'm hungry. The end. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. You know, last week when I was um, showing my mom that attraction for the first time, 
Mm-hmm. I actually turned to watch her reaction when I knew that lightning strike was approaching <laughs> because it, it can be quite surprising. You know, it's mm-hmm. a it's a big boom and the lights go out and uh, it was great reaction. She was stunned and delighted oh. at the same time. It was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that loaded Dole Whip that you talked about, that is a sight to behold and just a smashing of flavors inside of your mouth. If you've never seen it or had it, the loaded Dole Whip from the Tropical Hideaway comes with fruit, chocolate cookies, crystallized mm-hmm. hibiscus with pocky sticks dipped in yeah. chocolate, all in a bowl with the Dole Whip sitting right in the middle. And (laughs) it is one of the coolest things to see and almost as great to eat it. (laughs) There's nothing bad on that thing. (laughs) It's so delicious. Obviously not the thing that I would gravitate to. Every time I have an opportunity, I always get the orange swirl Dole Whip. It is my favorite one Mm -hmm. on there. Uh, We've tried all of them. The raspberry one was my least favorite mm. only because oh, I love the raspberry. So, I know like, I do too. Super, super tart. <laughs> um, yeah. My wife and my kids loved it too, but mm-hmm. I think I'm such an orange flavor person that you are. That's, that's kind of what I gravitated to. Um, yeah. The tropical hideaway just has so many amazing secrets too. You know, all of the paddles and all of the names, the yeah. perches of all of the birds up on the top. It's just That's so right. well themed. It's so beautiful. They did a fantastic job um, just plussing up that area. It, you know, it's funny because when, when I was researching the stuff for Adventureland last year, last year, <laughs> last week, uh, I didn't know... <laughs> I there was so many things that I wanted to talk about, but I also didn't want to step on your presentation for this week. And I almost feel like we should have reversed it, right? Because then, you know, that way it was it would have been easier. But anyway, so uh, I didn't know that the same way that he did with the mansion sign outside, Marty Sklar was the one that wrote all of the signs and the spiel that happens outside of the Tiki Room. Yeah, he was the one that wrote that script. And this I knew because this I I knew from talking to Rolly, but when he was designing the Tiki Room, like the the Tiki Idols, that when he was trying to get the look of like a tree, like that wooden Mm -hmm. texture, that he ended up using like a spork from from the cafeteria to just just outline it i thought that was super cool i was like you use anything at your disposal right yeah. it's genius so and that that's why they're imagineers cool. yeah <laughs> oh man what an awesome presentation i love it thank you take your room is just so good it's just filled with joy i mean it's difficult to go into the tiki room when you're in a bad mood and not leave in a better mood You know, there's been plenty of times that we've gone in there towards the end of our day and our kids are fussy. You know, they've they've been walking all day. They're tired. They might be hungry while we're waiting for food or something. And like you said, the seats are just so comfy and they're just so inviting that you do sometimes want to take a nap and or have. But (laughs) at the same time, the music and the ambiance just really kind of kicks you into a better mood. And it is just one of those attractions that's just so timeless that you always hope inside of your heart that, you know, we, we've kind of said that nothing in the park is safe, 
right? At right. some point, something will get replaced that you thought would never get replaced. And But there's those attractions that, you know, we feel are legacy attractions that are just going to be there forever, like pirates, the mansion, the tiki room. And yeah, I that's that's how I feel about it. I hope that this is one of those attractions that pays homage to the original Imagineers and all of their work that they did with audio animatronics to Walt's vision of the Tiki Room, those amazing lyrics by the Sherman Brothers, and just a, a super fun show, uh, mm-hmm. minus Zazu and Iago, because that's, <laughs> a, that's a whole other thing. I think we've talked Word. about this before, but has I did either one of you ever get a chance to see the Tiki Room under new management at Walt Disney World? Nope. No? Nope. Okay. No. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad that that never came. But Right, yes. Uh, I mean, uh, with the ideas that we've had in the past that might resurface in our armchair imagineering <laughs> episode of of Adventureland. Nice. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if there's any questions that you guys have about Adventureland that we can try to answer, feel free to join the conversation over on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or in the blog post for this episode over at podcasters.com slash 278. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a great land. We're looking forward to Armchair Imagineering this one. If you have any thoughts on the Jungle Cruise trailer that just dropped if you haven't seen it we'll put it in the blog post for the episode as well uh tell us what your favorite part of adventureland is you know we've talked a a lot about adventureland the last few episodes and you know it's not a very big land it's got a very small footprint but it's got so much packed into that small footprint that it's difficult not to love this tiny tiny land at disneyland so Please leave us a comment. Let us know what your favorite part of Adventureland is, and we'll share that in an upcoming episode. All right, so that is going to wrap it up for this episode. Thank you all for taking the time to listen. We always appreciate you guys spending a little time with us on Wednesday or whatever day of the week you happen to be listening on. So until next week, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Bye. Made you look. Oh, that's what he sounds like. <laughs> <laughs>